Barry Wallstein is the author of 11 poetry collections, including the latest work, It's About Time. And it has been featured in more than 100 journals, such as the American Poetry Review and the Manhattan Review. This Saturday, he'll be hosting a jazz concert where he'll blend his poetry with music along Steve Carlin. This event is part of the Liberty Poetry Festival and is scheduled to commence at 7 p.m. at the Liberty Museum and Art Center. Bradley Wallstein is a poet, a jazz musician, and he'll be showcasing his unique talent on this occasion. I spoke to him earlier in the studio, and here's our conversation. I write lyrics and poetry, and I've been collaborating with jazz musicians since my early 30s, meaning about 1972. So I'm an old guy, but I've been doing this steadily right. all these years. Right. And how did, you, how did you get into music? Well, it started with my poetry, and I was <clears throat> in a workshop with a senior poet at the time named Robert Hazel, and he said, would you like to do a public reading? And I did. Uh, I was just starting out with poetry. And I was accompanied by Charles Mingus. So that was uh, my initial experience with jazz. And it was wonderful. And he gave me a copy of his uh, fairly new recording called The Clown, which he wrote with Gene Shepard. And it's a spoken word. And they didn't have that term spoken word then. But I started working with jazz players steadily in the mid-70s. Uh, the one-time experience with Mingus was in 1960 or 61. Wow. So I was a kid. But by the time I was in my early 30s, I was doing this steadily in this country and overseas. And it's been part of my life ever since. Wow. So, and, 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 and you, so you... Poetry led you to music. Um, did you study poetry in school? I did study poetry at uh, New York University. I <clears throat> did my uh, advanced degrees there. And then I became a professor at City University where I taught poetry classes. Right, right. And you taught there until, I believe, 2006? Is that 2006 correct? 2006 or seven. I retired. Right, right. Were you doing music during that time? You were still yes. performing? Okay. Yes, while I was... One foot in the academic world and and two feet in uh, the jazz world. And I cherish the long-term relationships that I've had with certain players. For 15 years, I worked around this country and in France with Charles Tyler, kind of a free jazz player. And after he passed, I hooked up with John Hicks, who was a wonderful, wonderful piano player. And we did work all over. Oh. Uh, so, and did four recordings. <clears throat> and I'm extra fortunate to share the hill I live on with Steve Carlin, who lives just up the road. And we've been doing uh, these music poetry adventures at the Liberty Free Theater when it existed and in New York City. And he's on one of my recordings with the piano player Adam Birnbaum, who is a young, brilliant jazz piano player. Right. And this recording, Euphoria Ripens, that we did some years back is with uh, with Adam Birnbaum and Bob Cunningham on bass and other players. And 
tomorrow night. We will do it at the Liberty at the Liberty Museum at seven o'clock. Right. So, so I hope people come out. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the, the weather keeps up. And I said it's a great, you know, you 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 bringing your two passions together, and and that's great that you're able to say like have live in two worlds. Uh, but at the same time, these two things sort of, you know, are compatible. You know, you you know they say you know the way jazz plays and it's like poetry, yeah. music, and you're 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 using the has so they have to influence each other. You you when you when you perform music or write music, how you could talk about that? How how poetry sort of enhances or sort of uh, helps you uh, talk in the language of jazz. Thank you. Uh, a great. Jazz poet, Amari Baraka, who's originally Leroy Jones, he defined poetry as music speech. Hmm. And a hundred years before that, Emily Dickinson defined poetry as language musically employed. So there's always been a deep connection between the rhythms of poetry and, and music. And in the 20th century, jazz was my preference and i feel that my poetry is jazz inflected uh not everything i write but frequently i'm feeling jazz while i'm composing what i compose well you say you mentioned that and everything that you write but when like when you write poetry do you always have in mind like i'm uh, music is going to be accompanying this at one point or or that just sort of comes afterwards, and you sort of, um, sort of uh, mesh the two together, or or does it happen at the same time? Like this, this is going to have some musical component to it. Definitely at the same time with some compositions. In fact, I even have specific tunes in my head, uh, ballads or free stuff, and <clears throat> but some poems that I've written over the years. I have no idea until I sit down with a player and hear what he or she has to do with it. And sometimes they write a composition uh, to go with my words, and sometimes it's pure improvisation, most often a mix. Do they read the words, or or, or they let you read the words for them, and that they, way they get the inspiration? They, they have the sheet with the composition on it, and I will recite it out loud before we even start rehearsing it. And so they have a feeling for what I'm doing. Right, right. Uh, so it's a real collaboration. Yeah, definitely. Because I believe there's a difference between just reading it and, and the actual poet performing it. Right. Uh, because to me, like, when you recite poetry, it is like a performance because you have the, the rhythm, you have the beats there. Should you be. This, yeah, right, definitely. Right. And I do believe in rehearsing and respecting the music enough to listen very closely to it. Uh, I don't like it when people say, this reminds me of the Beat Generation days because Allen Ginsberg, Jack Kerouac, and so forth, they rarely ever rehearsed. It was just background music to their recitation, whereas I like to really integrate. I don't consider them backing me. We're, we're together. Right. The, the true collaboration of the two, yeah. two melding of the two, uh, right. two uh, disciplines there. So let's, say, let's listen to some, some music. We queued up, I think, track number seven. Um, so let's talk about what we're going to hear about now. I think this is called Little Diddy, and it's just something I actually did write for the music that I was hearing. And how long ago, how long ago was this track made? Uh, but I would say it was in the 
early part of the 21st century. Early part of the 21st century. Okay, so yeah. this is Little Diddy, you said, right? Ah, 2007. 2007. Right. There you go. Right. All right. Chinka-laka-chanka, chinka-laka-cham. Put him in the back seat. Bam, bam, bam. Chicka-too, chicka-too, chicka-too-too-too. The hummingbird makes no sound. But for the whirring of wings. The quick plunge of its beak into sweets. Makes no sound. Rim-a-rack-a-wim-wham, rim-a-rack-a-soul. Put him in the back seat, swirl, swirl, swirl. So, like, you know, you, you have, I said, I'm just amazed that, you know, you're able to sort of accomplish your PhD in, in, in writing and still keep up the, this, you know, uh, the career in, in jazz and, and performing and you're still doing it uh, after so many years. So what keeps you keep going? You, you still want to perform. You still want to write music. You still want to write poetry. For me, the composition of the lyrics of my poetry or song lyrics, which I've also done, is the first thing. That's a serious thing. Standing up with players in public is pure fun. I love it. But for me, the importance of what I want to accomplish has to do with those private moments when I'm making up words and trying to find the right words in the right order. Uh, But the Public performance allows me to get my stuff in front of people that otherwise don't go out and buy poetry books. Uh, a more diverse audience, and it's also allowed me to travel overseas a lot, where I have particular musicians in different places that I will get on a plane to to collaborate with them. You have the performance tomorrow. He says seven o'clock at the Liberty Museum uh, on Main Street. Is it on Main Street here? Yeah. Street, right. On Main Street on Liberty. Uh, Liberty Museum and Art Center is on 46 South Main Street in Liberty. You can see Barry and Steve there in performance. It starts at 7 p.m. Well, break a leg, Barry. Are you, do you say break a leg in a musician's uh, for? Why not? Sure, you sure. You say that? Okay. Sure, sure. I always say the theater people, so I'm not right. sure with musicians. So. Right. Break a leg tomorrow, Steve, uh, Barry, and, and good luck with Steve and everything's going on there. Um, and I think it's fantastic you came in. Thank you so much for coming in and, and uh, exposing me to this. Uh, to your music, because I, I didn't know much about your music, and to hear uh, that you delve these two passions together, um, and they weren't separate in your lives, or they weren't conflicted in your lives, it not, just seems not like... Not conflicted ever, Yeah, Because no. it can be. If you, you, know, you live yeah. two different things, and you have this professional life, and you have this creative life, and sometimes they don't always mix. Yeah, thank you. So, doing well. All right. It's good to be back with JFF. I used to be on David Dan's show, live in Studio B, a number of times in past. So it's wonderful to be back here. And I love the station. Well, welcome back, Barry. Thank you so much. Thank you.